Welcome to the Space for Sisters podcast. We are a wellness podcast for Black women who are ready to dream, decide, and do what's necessary to live well. I'm your host, Dr. Dominique Pritchett, and today it's me, no guest. Today I want to focus on being a Black woman who is one of the few or only one in the room. Are Black women valued in spaces where they are those few and the only one? This room can be at school, work, in your neighborhoods, at church, or anywhere that you do not feel like you can elevate your voice, be seen, supported, and safe. This has been observed, discussed, and discussed some more and experienced for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I know I'm not alone when I express how heavy this topic is. Some hot topics that propel a Black woman's stress level in that situation. They're overwhelmed. There is a shared responsibility to that overwhelm because it's often rooted in a traumatic response, perfectionistic tendency, or a desire to prove yourself to people. Some of the things that propel a black woman's stress level in these situations are comments such as what is professionalism, your hair, your attire, you're seemingly angry, too happy. You are perceived as intimidating and not in the most positive way either. It's usually met with a negative connotation. These areas, amongst many of them, result in self-editing or code switching. Self-editing or code switching. As a protective mechanism, I've done it, I've witnessed, Black women may find themselves doing those things because we like to tell ourselves it is an attempt at survival. No, it is an attempt to not be seen. Surviving means we want to get through it. To not be seen is I don't want anybody to take note that I'm here because when people take note, it's often painful. I don't fault anybody for trying to survive their situation because everybody has different cards to play and different lives to live. If we spend most of our time in life just surviving, we never get to enjoy it. So considering that black women's emotions are being monitored, micromanaged, too happy, too sad, too angry, not angry enough, didn't laugh enough, laughing too much, it doesn't matter. Every step becomes calculated in terms of how we respond or we don't respond. Oh, and if you're assisting a leadership role and there's a few of y'all and you're, or you're the only one, don't be surprised if you're mistaking for someone that is not in a leadership role. I want to be very clear. This is not throwing shade to those in supportive roles or those who have not reached a point of leadership roles. I'm talking to a specific black woman out there in a leadership role. Isn't that crazy that we aren't offered the same level of grace or the same level of respect when we are sitting in those rooms? A lot of times I'm in the room with being the only one, one of you. It's so disheartening when someone looks like you. Y'all have had sidebar conversations. Don't advocate for you when they see your discomfort rising. And that's reciprocal. That's so disheartening. I truly believe that person is operating from a place of fear, uncertainty, and not wanting the microscope on them. 
Those are the conversations I like to have is how can we best support each other while we're in that room? Well, I speak with purpose. I like to add value. But until we get alphabet soup or we have so many followers, many of the places we frequent, people don't take us serious. But here's the thing. That's their problem. That's not yours. Again, that ties directly back to self-worth. If you believe you deserve to be there or if you believe you don't, it's time to build your own tables and stop asking to be places where you know you won't be safe. I put some posts out there on social media and I asked women to comment about that scenario. Many of them have said, I'm willing to sacrifice myself if it'll get my people what they need. Wow. I'm willing to sit with the stress to prevent a new employee from going through it. Wow. So we sacrificing ourself now to be seen, heard, and supported. That is quite contradictory to what we want to teach folks, what we want to mentor, what we want to coach, what we want to clinically offer people when they come to our office. We're done with that. That's a definite declaration. So the point of the matter is that black women are often passed up for promotions. There is current data and research that still shows this. That is why I'm having this conversation to acknowledge we are one of you or the only one in a lot of the rooms. Passover for promotions and not being seen as vital figures in the ecosystem at work. There is no wonder why there have been an astronomical amount of black women who have become entrepreneurs or exploring the world of entrepreneurship over the past five to 10 years. We're exhausted. As I said, we gave people a lot of power over us. We know that. If you don't know, I'm telling you now. Exhaustion, that overwhelm, that is giving people power and permission over our lives. They don't pay me enough to have that kind of control over my life. So keep that in mind. Of course, these experiences are not the same for every black woman. There are subcultures in the black community and subcultures with that different industries, see how it resonates with you, but I just know I'm not alone. Going along with some of the challenges, we've been taught to play the game in order to survive when there are only few of us. This leads to burnout. This leads to bad energy. This leads to beliefs that we don't deserve to be there. I invite you to declare and act on this declaration. If you don't feel good there, move around. If you don't feel good there, move around, if absolutely possible. I'm sure you've experienced what many people call microaggressions. Microaggressions are those everyday slights, insults, put downs, dismissive attitudes, and offensive behaviors that people experience on the daily as they interact with other people who may not be of the same culture, the same hierarchy, and so many other differentials. They're often attached with ism, sexism, racism, ageism. They can be direct or indirect. They can be done as solo behaviors here, there, and frequent, or collective with other aggressions. Also, those people can operate solo or with other aggressors. 
In an article called Racial Microaggressions for Everyday Life, published in the American Psychologist, a journal, they identified racial microaggressions as brief and commonplace daily behavioral, verbal, and environmental indignities. Here's my thought. Whether they're intentional or unintentional, they communicate hostile behaviors, negativity, mostly directed towards people of color. It doesn't feel good. Many people say, but people don't know they're doing it. I have a hard time believing that part where they state perpetrators who do microaggressions are often unaware that they engage in that level of communication. I have a hard time believing that. Am I alone on that? Maybe this concept is just so big that people aren't aware when they are exerting their privilege and power over someone else for gain. You hear the term narcissism, uh, borderline, and all of those terms used so loosely, but a person practices their microaggressive demeanor and demands. That's a practice because they've gotten away with it for so long, especially when we are one of few or the only one in the room. So I want you to keep in mind, microaggressions can come in three forms, micro insults, micro assaults, or micro invalidations. You hear the definition embedded in the word, so I'm not gonna go into that. What's most interesting is that none of these actually are micro as they often leave a macro impact in the sense that these interactions influences a person's entire system, their entire life, and ripples into their personal and professional lives. If you're a business person, an entrepreneur, a parent, or whoever, sit with what comes up for you after a day of being in that fishbowl or in a space where you have to tone down your shine. Ask the people around you how is that ripple is impacting them. Look at how it's impacting your bottom line. If you're working a day-to-day -day job, then you're trying to be an entrepreneur. Look at how that's impacting that. Imagine to take back that power and reinvest that power back into your business. Would we walk with a level of confidence that is unshakable? Would we honor the days where we don't feel well, will we honor that if we took a deeper inventory of how it's impacting our bottom line? So you got to attach stuff to a dollar sign. Let me uh, attach it to something that means a lot to you. I'm going to share a little bit of history. A little over 100 years ago, which ain't that long, right? The U.S. Congress ratified the 19th Amendment. Basically, it was ruled that women could not be denied the right to vote because of their sex. The 19th Amendment, y'all, that was a deep one, especially for black women who, despite the 15th Amendment's promises of voting rights, regardless of race, still could not vote because of their gender. Think for a moment. It took not one, but two different constitutional amendments to secure a black woman's right to vote, to have a say in the U.S. democracy. This was passed a half a century apart and magnifies the reality that race and gender continue to significantly impact women of color, especially black women, leaving them to be one or few or the only one in the room with certain jobs, responsibilities. Remember, honey, years ain't that long ago. Black women continue to face complexities and disadvantages socially, occupationally, economically, impacting their daily functioning. When we look at the data and the statistics of counterparts 
compared to black women, unfortunately, we are leading in depression, anxiety, medical conditions. We're still leading. And people got the nerves to tell me that it doesn't impact their bottom line. It doesn't impact how they show up in their businesses and life. Data doesn't lie unless the, there's a liar who's reporting it. So as I continue, I want you to keep those things in mind because it's not just us showing up. It is a historical, it is a generational impact. It's a ripple effect. When I worked in corporate, there were separate rules, separate expectations compared to my counterparts. With this, I knew I would be let go without explanation. Throughout my career, I never had a black woman mentor in the mental health industry or in a leadership role, which I imagine was due to many reasons, underrepresentation, there are less black women in medical, especially STEM, academia, law enforcement, whatever that reason was. Not until I started my doctorate and I had a black advisor and dissertation chair. When we are subjected to the isms of the world, racism, sexism, we have a double barrier to that positions us to be exposed to other aggressions such as sexual violence, harassment. Of the hundreds of women that I have spoken to over the past 16 years being in the field in therapy sessions, speaking engagements, critical incident response calls to Fortune 500 companies or mid-level companies, coaching clients, and even in my own circle, they, we, share a common theme. The world does not protect Black women, and we often don't feel seen, supported, or safe, especially when it's outside of those circles. We're often held to a different set of unspoken rules. We are often voluntold to spearhead DEI efforts, manage difficult clients that look like us, or even be given all the referrals for clients that look like us. When we're asking for variability, we're asking to consider our projects or whatever. When I was at that company, I endured harassment, microaggressions, which I consider macro. When they let me go after working there six years, leaving for three months, they cleaned house and I went back for one month, they let me go. Because one, they said they couldn't afford me. Then they said I wasn't a team player. Then they said people didn't feel comfortable around me. Then they just said I was outright intimidating, whether I said things or whether I didn't say things. When multiple black women over the years from that company would reach out to me and ask me my experience, I was honest. Within that short duration of being let go from that company, I settled a lawsuit for discrimination and harassment. I didn't know my rights then, but one thing I did from day one, I said, mm, okay, take it in all my observations. I kept a thorough journal of every encounter, every micro, meso, and macro example of aggression, put downs, whatever. I kept a journal, who I spoke to, who I followed up an email about my feelings, the meetings they had, the write-ups they did of me, and I wasn't even made aware of them. When that time came, where I was ready to amplify my voice because I had other options, that lawsuit was easy. It was emotionally painful, but I had everything I needed. 
I want you to keep that in mind as you are in these spaces. Do your due diligence of taking note, going to your therapy appointments. Do what you have to do to stay emotionally intact. It is time you stop sacrificing yourself for everyone. It's time to stop depending on others to affirm your worth. You are worthy in every room, home, community, work, where you are one of few or the only one. It's been time to secure what's necessary for you to exist in those spaces without fear. So how do we do this? By giving ourselves grace. I recently had a, was at a speaking engagement where the theme was grit and grace. And I delivered a message using the acronym GRACE. Give yourself permission to be so damn human. Make human mistakes. Take human chances. Identify realistic ways to shift unproductive thinking. Well, I, I, I should just keep my voice quiet. I, I should just play the game. Why should you? You were not put on this earth to dim your light. You have a birthright to abundance, but that abundance and the gifts you receive, it requires you to step out on faith, to challenge the status quo, and to protect yourself. Assess the narratives impacting the bottom line. The bottom line can be your bank account, your emotional health, your physical health. Assess those narratives. A lot of the times the narratives aren't what we truly believe, it's what we've been told all these years. We have not either identified or we are afraid to do it differently. The cognitions redefine those thoughts. We got to redefine the thoughts, what, the, the, what we're telling ourselves. And lastly, elevate your opportunities if you are in this position. I talked about some heavy stuff of how it's impacting Black women. I want to leave you with, you. we are in a unique position when we are one of few or the only one in a room identify how to maximize it. Identify how to find your allies. As you elevate your opportunities in this position, plan and execute when you wanna pivot, which can happen both at the same time if that's not the place for you anymore. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, download, and share. Got a topic you would like us to cover? Don't hesitate to send us a message. We welcome you to subscribe to our email list and connect with us across social media platforms to stay in the know about Space for Sisters.